Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. That all started by last year I just told somebody I want to be in the demolition derby. I watched it at the fairgrounds. I was like, man, that looks like fun, crashing cars. And so that friend of mine called me about three weeks ago. He said, hey, they got this new thing called the bump and run race. If you want to do that, I was like, sure, that sounds great. He said, I'm going to get a car for Bobby too, and y'all can have a grudge match. I said, that'd be great. And then somebody posted online this week, and it just I got so many people blowing me up going, are y'all really doing this or is this a joke? And so we're really doing it. So come out, wear your river blue so that uh, we'll have some fun. I mean, if you're not from here, this is a good way to understand Tennessee redneck fun, okay? <laughs> right? Right? I mean, it's, it's clean, it's, um, except the mud, of course, but we'll just have a good time hanging out and being goofy. And so we'd love to have you come for that if you, if you want. Uh, but how you transition from that to a sermon is the, what I'm trying to figure out this morning. So go ahead and pull your Bibles out, because that's why we're here. We're here to connect with God this morning, to learn more about Him and His Word. And we've been going through this journey in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy's in the New Testament. If this is your first week, you can go back and and you can listen online to all the other sermons, because we've gone verse by verse through 2 Timothy. And we're in chapter 4 this week, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. And then next week, we'll wrap it up, Okay. I'll give you a little background while you're turning there. Matter of fact, if you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of these Burgundy Bibles. It's on page 1002 in the Burgundy Bible, and you can take one of those with you when you leave. It's our gift to you. We're glad to to try to get as many of those in people's hands as possible. So 2 Timothy is a letter written by a guy named Paul. Now, Paul was one of the early followers of Jesus. He didn't start that way. Matter of fact, he started as a persecutor of the church. He actually hated Christians, and so he took it upon himself early on in his life to travel around and persecute Christians. He would find out those that were worshiping Jesus, get them arrested, thrown in jail, and even cast his vote to have them killed for their faith. Well, in the middle of this, as he's trying to persecute Christians, Christ reveals himself to to Paul. Paul is born again confesses Christ as his Lord and Savior, and now he's the one that gets persecuted in his life for following Jesus. So Paul is in jail as he's writing this letter. He's writing this letter to a young pastor named Timothy that's kind of been like his young disciple, and he's trying to encourage him to not give up, but to press on. And so this is the end of the letter. So kind of like the end of the letter that you might write to somebody, you're kind of summarizing and wrapping everything up, and that's what Timothy is getting to hear today from Paul as we're reading verses one through eight. So, if you would, let's read together. It'll be on the screen and in your Bibles as well. So, starting in verse one in chapter four. Paul says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. 
For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myth. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. All right, let's pray and ask God to speak to us this morning. Lord, in this room, we've got people from all walks of life, Lord. All backgrounds, nations, races, cultures. And yet, Lord, it's amazing to me how your Bible speaks truth to all of us. Lord, thank you for giving us your word. And I pray now as I share, Lord, that you would, you would literally open our hearts up and let each person hear what your Holy Spirit wants them to hear and that we'd walk out of here closer to you and more in love with others. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you have your listening guide that we passed out when you came in, you can pull that out or you can uh, follow along on the app. That's just to help you remember what we talked about. Uh, the first verse here in verse one, the first point is that all mankind will be judged by God. Now, Paul realizes this is a, a big deal. So he says to Timothy, Timothy, I solemnly urge you to, re to recognize this. Now, what does that mean to be judged? I, I was thinking about that. And, and you can see that as a positive or a negative. Let me ask this question. How many of you want there to be chaos in the world? Nobody, right? So how many of you are glad that we have law enforcement and judges and rule of law? All of us, right? That, that rule of law is what helps us not have chaos. That rule of law is what protects us from our next door neighbor just walking over with a bigger stick or a bigger gun than we have and saying, I'm taking your car. It's mine today. That rule of law is what protects us from another entity coming in and, and taking over our whole company that you've built. That rule of law protects you in your marriage. And we're thankful for the rule of law, right? Okay? Well, part of the rule of law is there, there is punishment for those who do things wrong. If you murder somebody, you go to jail. If you steal from somebody, you're supposed to pay it back. These are the good things we appreciate about the rule of law. Well, God has set up a rule of law for all mankind. His rule of law is that we on this earth need to learn how to love God and love each other. That's his rule. And how we walk that out will be given an account of that at the end of days. We will stand before God and we will give an account of our lives. It says that even every word that we've spoken now, for some of us, that's a little scary, right? I mean, like, if, if you're like I grew up, there were some things in my life that 
I thought nobody even knew, you know? It's like I could kind of keep this area of my life hidden and other people wouldn't recognize. But God recognizes everything and he sees everything. And it says here, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Now, the living and the dead, well, because it says when he comes to set up the kingdom, I believe that means when Christ returns, some people will still be alive on this earth, okay? So he'll judge the living and those that have already passed away, he'll be judging the living and the dead. So each one of us will give an account. Now, the good part is we serve a very righteous judge, a, a judge that, that wants truth and knows truth. And so when we stand before him, we're not gonna get the shaft, we're not gonna get cheated, we get to be judged by a righteous God. And then it says that Jesus will come and set up his kingdom. Now, the good news is we're gonna talk about that kingdom in two weeks. Our new series that starts in two weeks is gonna be a series that compares the kingdom of God, what Jesus came to set up on earth, the kingdom of love and grace and forgiveness and mercy, We'll compare the kingdom Jesus came to set up compared to the kingdom that we're in now and how we can learn to walk out that kingdom of God each day, okay? So in Acts chapter one, if you're wondering where the power comes to, the, to carry out a walk of Christ, it says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So the power we get from the Lord, okay? That's where we gotta get our power. And now ne next, in verse two, he says, preach the word of God, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. So point number two is be prepared to share the gospel anytime. Uh, my, my NIV, I think, says in season and out of season. Be prepared at all times to share what God's done in our lives, to share that hope, that forgiveness, that grace. So the question is, do you have a story to share? What is your story that you have to share? Do you have that relationship with God that you can say, man, let me tell you what God's done? And if so, do people around you see that and recognize it? Because if not, there, you, got, you may have to ask the question, do people really believe that you're walking with God if they don't see it in your life. Now, for you and I, we have this opportunity to share, but the world tells us nobody's interested anymore. The world wants us to think that, that it's offensive to people to tell them this good news that we found, but I don't believe that one bit. I find that some people are open and some people are not, but I still get the chance to share what I love and what's fun in my life. So I'm excited about this little car race. It'll be fun. I'll slam Bobby in the wall and he'll go home crying. And, and we'll do that and we'll have fun with that. But that's just a moment in, in time that's fun, okay? But what matters every day for me, what helps me know how to love my wife, what helps me know how to love my kids, what helps me know how to make it through really dark times in my life is this hope that I have found in Jesus. I was talking to a young man this week, and uh, he, he isn't a follower of Christ. He's been to our church multiple times, and we were there to talk about a, a project, and as we talked, uh, I just felt like I was supposed to talk to him not as much about the project as about where he was with the Lord. And so I just paused in the middle 
And after we finished our conversation, it wasn't in the middle, after we finished it, and I just said, hey, can I just ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, where, where are you at in your life with what Jesus taught? And he said, well, that's an interesting question. And we began to talk, and he said, you know, he said, I, I go to church with my friends. I said, I know, I, I've seen you here, and I've seen where you go. I said, but where are you at with Jesus? And he said, well, you know, I believe there's a God. He said, but I've just never really embraced him. And I said, well, can I tell you my story? And he said, sure. So I told him my story about how I grew up in a family where we didn't go to church, but we, we tried to do what's right by people. You know, I was taught that the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. I was taught that rule. I was taught treat people with respect. I said, so I had character, I had values, but there was this hole in my heart that I, I was missing something. I knew I was missing something, and I didn't know what it was. And my friends started talking to me about Jesus and how I could have a relationship with Jesus, and it was like the light bulb went off in my heart. Like, that is what I'm missing. And I said, so that day I gave my life to Christ. And I said, would you like to do that? And he said, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm ready yet. I said, okay. Well, if you have any questions, you know, ask me. We'll be glad to talk. We'll catch up again. He said, sure. I said, can I pray for you? He said, sure. So I prayed with him. And when I said amen, he, he looked up and he, he literally said to me, he said, thank you. He said, I, I needed to hear that. He said, I'm not ready yet. He said, but, but I know I need to, but I'm just not ready. I said, well, I'll still be praying for you. He said, I'd like that. And sometimes we think that, that people don't want to hear, but oftentimes it's just we're unwilling to tell. Well, I just want to encourage you, be prepared to share the, the word of God in season and out of season. He says here uh, in the third point, some people will reject truth. Let's look at verse three and following. It says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myth. So some people will reject the truth. There are some folks that say, I don't want to hear it. I never want to hear it. That's for somebody else. And that's true. But we can't focus on the folks that aren't interested, we gotta focus on those who are. Now, I thought it was interesting because it says they will follow their own desires. Today, how many times do you hear people say, just follow your heart? Anybody hear that phrase? Just follow your heart. Well, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. I'm telling you, my heart is not what I want to follow. I want to follow what is truth because my heart changes. I can flip-flop. Yet for one day, I am like passionate about this, and the next day, I am passionate about this. I, I, I don't know if you call it ADD, ADHD, whatever those letters mean. I just know I can't stay focused on something very long. The, I mean, the, the one thing I've stayed focused on in my life is the Lord, and I'm so glad that he, he's new every morning. His mercies are new every morning, and that allows me to kind of just keep going forward. But how do, we, how do we walk it out when some people reject it? Do we get upset? Do we get offended? If you pour your heart out to somebody and, 
And you say, man, let me share with you what's so important. God changed my life. And they're like, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Do you get offended? Because you shouldn't. It's not your truth they're rejecting. It's the Lord. And so if you can, can learn to just love them anyway, that's what I've learned to do. It's like, you know what? That young man, I love him anyway. Whether he ever follows Christ, it doesn't matter to, as, to, as compared to my love for him. And so you and I, we can walk that truth out. We can continue to love people even if they disagree with us. That's what this world is having so much trouble understanding. The world is saying that if you disagree with somebody, you can't love them. That's not true. We can disagree on so many things, but we can still show love. The question is, will we? Even if people reject who we are, even if people reject what's important to us, Paul wasn't just rejected as he wrote this letter. He was in prison because the people he was trying to tell about the hope of Christ hated him so much they put him in jail. And yet, if you read it, he continues to pray for them. Now, some of them, he says, hey, I'm, I'm letting them go. I can't keep chasing after them. But he continued to pray. So, for you and I, don't take it personal when people reject the truth, and it says they'll chase after myth. And I think if there's ever a time in this world we're chasing after myth, it's right now. Believing in anything and everything. Everybody's got a new idea, a new teaching every week, it seems, and people are chasing those. And I just tell you, the truth of God has been with us for thousands of years. And if we'll read it and we'll study it, we'll find that truth, and we can stand on that truth, and as we share it, we'll be a definite difference maker in our community and in our world because the words that we have here have stood the test of time. And that leads to the fourth thing, press on. Press on, don't give up. You can't give up. Let's look at verse five. He says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering. Are you afraid of suffering for the Lord? I tell the Lord all the time, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. I just don't want to be tor tortured. I read about some of these guys overseas and what they go through and some of these pastors in other countries where it's illegal to be a Christian, and I'm like, oh, wow. The fortitude they have. The pastors that are imprisoned and their families are taken away from them. I... But I hope for you and I that we never have to go through that. But if we do, that we'll be able to stand firm. He said, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. And he knew Timothy was gonna be suffering for the Lord because the persecution at that time was strong. He says, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. That word work, how many of you like the word work? A couple of workaholics in here, you like the word work? 
But for most of us, when we think of work, it's like the toil of it, right? The pressure of it, the difficulty of work. Paul says to Timothy, work at it. See, I have people say to me all the time, Pastor, I just can't, I just can't tell people about Jesus like you do. It just seems to come so natural. No, I, I just, I work at it. Because Jesus has changed my life so much, I want other people to know, and I just work at it. I just keep saying, let me tell you my story, because I want other people to find out that Jesus changed my life and can therefore change theirs. Can give them hope when there seems to be no hope. When we look at a world, when we went through COVID and everything shut down, so many people, hope is what they didn't have. And yet hope is what we did have, that this too shall pass. So we can press on, but it does take work. It takes time to, and discipline to read your Bible and understand what God's word says to us. It takes time to pray with your spouse, to pray with your friends, to, to go to life group and, and grow in your faith. It takes time. Some people would call that work. Paul called it work. And then he says, to carry out the full ministry that God's given you. Now, I love what Paul says. He, he says he finished the race. He, did, he was faithful. I so want to get to that point one day that I truly can look back on my life and say, I finished. I finished strong. I made it to the end. I was faithful. I ran the race and gave everything I had to win the race. Now, I love that imagery. In your life, what is that imagery for you? You may not be a runner. I'm not a runner, but I, I, I love playing sports. And Paul's using a sports analogy to say we, we run to win. We wanna give everything we can to do our best. And I, I wanna just challenge you today. What area of your life is there that perhaps you're not exactly honoring God by running to win? Is there a broken relationship that you have that you're harboring unforgiveness? Is there an area at work that you're cheating or lying? Is there something in your family that you choose not to give up your selfishness and your family suffers because of it? We all battle something. That's where I love the fact that it's a journey. And so wherever you're at, you can give up or you can press on. Paul says, press on. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, he said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross daily and follow me. And that's, that's the challenge that you and I have is that we can challenge ourselves to be obedient to God, and daily follow him. Yesterday, we got a chance to, to go over. We uh, helped start a Hispanic church in the Jerry Whitson community, and they invited their community, and we took about 15 of us over there. We grilled hamburgers and hot dogs, and we brought in some blow-ups for the kids that were covered in water, and they had a blast in that, and, and uh, snow cones, man, we, everybody's face was turned bright red, and Everybody had the either red or blue lips uh, from the snow cones, and, and it was just fun. Those of us that went, it was fun just serving our community and loving people. 
we got a chance to do man camp. You saw the little table out there last week, and we're gonna get a chance to love on young men. I think they said we still got room for a couple more mentors. If there's somebody in here, man, want to pour into these young boys that don't have fathers in the home, we would love to have more mentors. We are called to make an impact, to press on, to finish well, but it takes work and sacrifice. Sometimes you have to give up a Saturday afternoon. Sometimes you have to give up a, a vacation. So many people, while we're in here, there's like 100 volunteers on the other end of the building that are sacrificing their time to love on our children. And they're choosing to serve our children on the other end of the building. Let's press on. It's worth it. You know why I know it's worth it? Because I, I look into people's eyes right now at individuals that I've seen come to know Jesus and had the, the fun of baptizing them. And I see families that, man, y'all were on the, on the break, breakout, on the line of divorce. I just heard that re-engage, our re-engage ministry, is, we've got 22 couples and half of them are, are in critical condition, meaning they've talked about divorce and they're on the struggle bus there. And, and, and we get the privilege of getting to share what Christ has done in our life. The people that lead our marriage ministry, all of them had marriages that were in critical shape. The gal that led our prayer time this morning had a marriage that was in critical shape. She's like, I wanted to share more. I just, not enough time, right? She said, I was somebody that was just sitting on the seat for years, and it wasn't until my marriage hit critical that I began to listen, and God was allowed to work in my life. And now she's on stage praying and leading us in prayer. That's what God does. But we've got to be humble and teachable. We've got to be willing to let God move in us. And sometimes it makes us uncomfortable. And he stretches us. Well, the last thing is look forward to your reward. Here's the good news. There are some beliefs that teach that God is an angry God and he's just mad all the time. And whether or not you get to heaven or not, it basically depends on whether he's having a bad mood that day or not. There are some that teach that we just keep coming back time after time, living another life, trying to get it right every time until we finally do. The good news with Christianity is that Christ came and he paid the price for our sin so that we could be forgiven and washed clean so that we stand before the Lord, the Bible says, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom of heaven. Here's what he says here about this reward. He says, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all, who's that include? All, that's you and me, right? All of us, great but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. So Paul says he's getting this crown. Now, what does this crown of righteousness look like? I don't, I don't know. Some people think it's like we'll get to heaven, we'll get these gold crowns with jewels in them and stuff, and, and maybe, but I mean, the Bible says in heaven the streets are made of gold, so does anybody really want to wear a pavement on their head? I mean, I, what would be the significance of that? I believe it's, it's getting to stand before your father. 
and getting him to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You may never had that opportunity where someone you really respected, like bragged on you in front of other people and made you feel like a million bucks. You, you know what I'm talking about? As I was preaching my first sermon, I remember the time uh, when my dad asked me to, to wash a car. And I don't know, I was probably about 15, and he taught me how to wash a car. And one thing he always taught me is your car's not washed unless your rims are washed as well. You gotta do your rims. And, um, and so he gave me the job to wash his car, and he left and came back, and I washed his car, and I remember to do the rims. And my buddy was there, Jimmy, Jimmy Frazier. And Jimmy was there when my dad came home, and my dad said, wow, that car looks really good. I noticed you did the rims, too. And he pulled a $20 bill out and handed it to me. I thought I was a millionaire. But not because of the $20, but because my dad bragged on me in front of my friends. Right? I, to me, that's the greatest crown I'll get when I get to heaven. It's not that I've got some little gold thing with a bunch of jewels in it, but that I'll get to stand before my father and he'll say, well done. You loved people well. You loved me well. You honored me with your time. You honored your family with your love. You had integrity in the workplace. You had integrity amongst your peers. You made a difference in your community. Well done. Here's the crown of righteousness. Man, I, I'm so grateful that Jesus says that's what God promises us, that we have rewards. And you may be thinking, oh, man, I, I'm starting my faith too late, Steve. I, I can't make enough crowns and I can't get enough rewards. Or maybe you're you're thinking your past is so many bad things in it that it's like you'll never catch up to, to even get close to evening it out. Good news is you don't have to. Jesus already did. He took all our bad stuff on the cross, all our sins, and he nailed it to the cross, and it's gone. And when we give our life to Christ, he forgives us and washes us clean so that the only stuff we stand before God with is our righteousness. What an amazing day that'll be. For all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Do you eagerly look forward to his appearing? Are you ready? Well, Matthew tells us, if you're worried about whether you've done enough big stuff for God, Matthew puts it in really good perspective. And uh, Matthew, he says this, he says, Whoever gives one of the, these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Even a cup of cold water to a child, God notices. So maybe you serve in one of those positions that's kind of behind the scene and nobody notices. Maybe you spent your entire life raising your kids and you're a stay-at-home mom and you've poured into those kids and, and nobody, nobody seems to notice. He does. Maybe you've worked faithfully at a job for 40 years only to get fired right before retirement because they sold the company and downsized. 
God saw your faithfulness. God saw your character. I just want you to know the good news is God sees that, and he's ready to reward that. I'm going to ask you if you would stand with me. We like to give folks a, a, a chance to, to just respond to what, what God may be saying to you and nudging you. And so if God is nudging you this morning and just saying, hey, today's the day to, to just get to know him a little bit more. Today's the day maybe you want to pray for somebody that God's put on your heart. If you notice on the stage up here, there's all these names all over the stage, and these are friends that we have that we're praying for, that God will love them so much that they will want to follow him. And so if you want, during the time of invitation, you come up and write names on the stage. and just It's kind of like a way of saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm giving my friends to you, and I'm asking you to love them with that love that you love me with. Now, if you come over here to my left side over here, you can come and pray and kneel and, and nobody will talk to you. They'll just let you have one-on-one with Jesus. But if you want somebody to pray over you, maybe you're going through something. Man, first service, we had somebody that was going through cancer, somebody with loss of a loved one. I mean, they're, we don't have to do the hard stuff alone. That's what I want you to know. You don't have to do the hard stuff alone. And so there's something you're wrestling with. You can come forward and kneel up here and one of our team members will pray over you. You just kneel and they'll just come up and say, how can I pray for you? And you just say, man, I'm just going through a hard time. Here's what's going through. My, my, my husband and I, were not on the same page. My, my wife and I, were struggling. My, my, my parents are just, they're, they're at odds with us, or whatever it is. And then they'll just, they'll just pray with you, encourage you, try to help you through that journey. And then I'll be up front. And if you have never trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you've never received the, the forgiveness that comes, let me tell you, it's amazing. I didn't understand it till I was a, late in my teenage life. And, and I'm so thankful God didn't give up because I went to church with friends for about 10 years and heard about Jesus for 10 years before I said yes to Jesus. I just wanna encourage you, if you're here today, if the Lord's nudging you to say yes to Jesus today, Come forward, we'll talk and we'll pray. We'll help you walk that out, okay? As Ethan and Becca sing, you can sing along. You can pray for your friends. At this time, you can come forward. Whatever the Lord leads you to do, use this time to connect with you. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com. Or you can download our app in the app or Google Play Store. Again, we just want to say thank you for listening. And we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love God, love people, and impact the world.